Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Me 24F and my boyfriend 26M met on Hinge during the pandemic. Initially things were going well the only issue was he never wanted to FaceTime. I was okay with this because I actually wanted to get to know him as a person. Eventually we met up and he looked good so there wasn't a problem. He asked me to be his girlfriend on the first date I said no but eventually I gave in after a few dates and we became official. On a weekend away I noticed he didn't really have nice going out clothes. My boyfriend is an engineer so money wasn't the issue. He said to me that this was because he didn't care much about appearances. I offered to pick out some outfits for him to buy so we can look good together when we both go out and want to make an effort he was reluctant and I felt like I was forcing him so I dropped it. Fast forward a week and he facetimed me to tell me he shaved his head bald. It looks awful and together with his bad dress sense I feel is too much for our new relationship. I'm not shallow I completely understand looks aren't everything but is it bad to want someone to make an effort to look good for their new girlfriend? Should I leave or is there a way around this? I like him as a person but now I feel like I'm dating Kalu. Please be nice. All right, first, let's unpack this for a minute. First thing, for those of you who don't know about Hinge, Hinge is a dating app that people use. They brag about or advertise that you're supposed to use it to take it off your phone after you finish, right? That's the deal. What they've done, they've gone with this format, just like many other sites have, where you go and you put in uh, an assertion or something that you'll say or a question, something like, you know, you can date me if, and then that person finishes whatever it is, and then you're supposed to respond to it. Now, the downside to this is that you're doing a lot of perpetual texting. And they have the little feature where you could go talk to the person or video chat with them. Now, in this case, this gentleman refused to video chat with her initially. And I'm sure there are reasons for that, whatever they are. Could be that he had another woman, or he was working on a deal with somebody else and he didn't want to tie up his lines. And a lot of times, folks, when people don't want to video chat, that's because they're either chatting, video chatting, or chatting with someone else in some kind of capacity. Texting them or whatever. Now, the other thing. The first date, you made the assessment that he needed to be fixed or changed as far as his wardrobe. That was a red flag you should have picked up on right off the bat, that it was gonna be a problem with you. And where you made your mistake, ma'am, was where most women make their mistakes early on. 
So you have no equity in that relationship with them yet. And you're thinking that I'm going to fix them, I'm going to change them, I'm going to have them up to my standards. Big mistake. Because the reason being, almost every woman tries the same tactic. And when they do, what the guy does then, he'll go into a certain mode where it's either it's not going to happen and he moves on, or he's just going to try to sleep with you exclusively. And that's it. Now, and what I mean by that primarily is that's all he wants out of you at that point. You're not someone that he can trust, and that's what he looks for first. I keep telling you that. And so, therefore, as it seems, he looks at it, this person doesn't know me, and they're going to come in and try to change shit up. And I don't trust them in that, on that level. I'm not there yet. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting. Socially, you could go and make fun of him about the way he's dressing and just say it out loud and everybody would laugh. Everybody would tease. The guys would tease him and the women would burst up in laughter, right? If he were to criticize you and didn't like the way you looked, he'd have hell to pay. The women would come on and tell him how rude he was. The men would want to beat his ass because he's being disrespectful to a woman. So the river doesn't flow both ways there, right? That's the way we have it set up social in this country and in many parts of the world. Now, let's take another look at things here. When it comes down to him asking you to be his girlfriend on the first date, that was a red flag for you right there. But what did you do? You still went out with him and you still got into a relationship with him. You ignored that red flag right there that was right in your face. How in the hell is somebody going to ask you to be their girlfriend on the first date and they don't know really that much about you outside of a few electronic uh, words on a screen? Because you spent more time texting probably than you did on that first date. I'm sure of it. So let's go on here. You ignored that red flag. And then you tried to push him towards changing his attire. And in doing so, what you did don't realize it was you offended him. Not because he's not willing to change. He may be willing to change on his own. And of course, he would have to do that. He'd have to initiate that change. But here's the thing. You came in with this creative license thinking that you could do this. And you guys haven't been dating long enough for it to happen. So in a way, he doesn't feel like, even though you claim that you're in a relationship with him, he doesn't feel like he's in a relationship. He feels like he's still trying out for the relationship. So in essence, what you're saying is that you really didn't accept him for who he was. And I noticed you qualified it by saying he's an engineer, so he has money. So you were, you were unqualifying the mere fact, or disqualifying, I should say, would be a better term. The mere fact that it's not that he's impoverished, as if that would have something to do with it. So what that means is that 
you have a problem dating men who really don't have the means. So this guy actually didn't have the engineering job and didn't have the money. You probably wouldn't have just not even dated him anymore, gone out with him. You see where I'm going with this, don't you folks? Another thing too, while we're on the subject, you talk about how you're not into the cosmetic aspect of things with the parts clothing and that kind of thing. But yet that's the very thing that you had as the sticking point in your problem. Now for a man, and this is why men get so frustrated with women right here. You say what you don't want even though you're telling them what you do want. And vice versa. So the way we look at it, you're a hypocrite. You're saying that the fashion and all that doesn't matter, but yet you want to put them up to that standard so that you can go out and look good together. How many couples do you know folks who look good together and they scrap like dogs behind the doors of their home. So she wants that cosmetic appeal. But let's go on. Now, I agree that there's a certain level where the person should look nice, but here's the thing. If you got to bring them up to that level in the first place, you're already mismatched. You're not there. Now, another thing too is this. He shaved his head. But when he shaved his head, he was willing to video chat with you then. But not before. Now, what would that tell you? And he didn't tell you that he was shaving his head? That's because he's prepping himself for another woman. He's not into you. So what happens in this particular situation is the following. While you're getting your ego stroke, talking about I'm debating whether or not to dump him or not because he is not coming up to standard, he's already moved on. If he did this without telling you or without discussing it, and you're saying, well, with that bald head and that, that same attire, yeah, he's not going to be up to par with me. But guess who we will be up to par with? The woman that he was probably chatting with that he didn't video chat with you in the beginning because he probably informed that other woman that he was going to do that. And she accepts him for who he is. And I guarantee you, she wins over his trust, guess what he's going to do if she wants him to? He will work with her and compromise to change. But see, you came across like you were entitled him to change and this is the reason why he did and this is the mistakes so many women make with men just because society tells you you're entitled to crack jokes and to make fun of men doesn't mean that that man does not have feelings sometimes you forget that so it'll make you feel good that you turn them down because of the way he dresses but I guarantee you he doesn't care. 
Because, see, you haven't been in a relationship long enough that he's really going to be vested. Now, here's another thing to keep in mind. If he's already slept with you, he's done with you. It's over. That's it. So you don't have to worry about him begging, crying, coming back. I have to worry about none of that. Now, just as a point of reference, folks, I'm on hinge, and I'll tell you one thing. My experience on it has been a lot of wasted time. It has nothing to do with hinge. It has to do with the people on it. A lot of flakes. A lot of people that I find, especially on in most of these dating sites, they're in bad relationships. And they want to feel as though they're being admired. Low self-esteem, poor choices in relationships, and they're stuck. And yet they're trying to tie up your time and your life with their misery. Don't get involved if they're going to have you perpetually texting. I tell you all the time. One to two weeks max on the texting before a meet. I'm just telling you to save you the time. Because that electronic transfer ain't doing nothing. Because those are just words. Until you meet the person. Take care. Let's see what we have in the mailbag here from Bruce. All right, Bruce says, Jocelyn, I really love your show, man. Keep up the good work. Question I need to ask you, and maybe you can give me some direction, guidance, or appreciation for what I'm about to say. What does it mean when a woman has sex with you while she's on a period the first time around? I guess he's talking about the first time around, meaning the first time you guys have sex. That's what I'm assuming, Bruce. Look, here's what happens. If a woman happens to be at that way sometimes, she may be also super horny. She doesn't care about being on a period. It depends on the woman. She wants it. And there are women that are like that. They're kind of embarrassed to say that they are horny and want it. But what they may do, they may just go and, you know, be with you. I'll give you an example. I was with a woman one time. And what happened with us, she was getting ready to start her cycle. And I mean, she was over the moon when it came down to sex. For some reason, most period, once women would have cramps and everything during that time of the month, this lady couldn't wait till that time of the month came about. Because it was like somebody had injected her with a horny pill or something. Because she was really down. 
And the first night that we got together, she told me, she said, I don't want you to even think about looking down there. I just want you to put it in. I'll be fine with that. And that's all she wanted. I'm going to tell you something. It was like nothing else was going on. She was like in that moment. Now, when she came off of her cycle, it was even worse. Because, I mean, at that point, yeah, I didn't think I was going to make it. But what was happening with her, and she told me about this, she said that as she got older, it intensified as far as what she sensationalized. Now, it all depends on the person again. She went to her doctor, the doctor talked about it with her, and she says it happens differently in some women. There are some women that don't touch them during that period. They don't want to be bothered. There are others who actually want you to get up in them, but the thing is, they're embarrassed because of the mess. You have others, like the lady I was with, she didn't care about that. And she would tell me, she says, you know, by tomorrow I think I'm going to start getting horny. Because she knew her schedule. And we had a conversation about everything. She talked about me wearing condoms because she used the rhythm method. And I'm like, well, I'm wearing condoms regardless. Rhythm rhythm method be damned. Didn't matter to me. And I'm glad I did. And I will tell you, it depends on the woman. So usually what I would say to you is, Bruce, when a woman is like that and she's comfortable with being in her way and having sex with you I wouldn't take it as an offense I would look at it more as a situation where you know what she's saying I'm still a woman I'm still horny yeah I might be bleeding but guess what we can do this and I want to do it with you especially if you guys are in an exclusive relationship I wouldn't recommend it any other way the lady I was with, we were in an exclusive relationship. Make sure you do that. Now, another thing too. If she shows up at your house, smelling down there, didn't shower anything, and you know she does on a usual basis, but for some reason, this particular time she's coming over, you guys might have already set up a date, and instead of her coming over, you know, like she normally would, well, she had shower because women will take care of themselves. Let's get that straight. Most women will take care of themselves, and they don't want to be presented in a negative way. But there are these women who have this philosophy that, well, what I'm going to do is not clean myself up, show up at his place, and hopefully we won't have sex because I want to break up with him. I've seen this done several times, and I know it's foreign to some of you ladies who clean yourselves and who take care of yourselves, but these women deliberately do this just for that purpose. They will be cleaning everything, and then when they're ready to leave this guy, the one thing they're going to do 
is start with that so they can distance themselves from him sexually so they don't have to worry about him having sex with her. She's not going to go and wash her ass at his place. She's going to decide to leave. And that's the best way to do it. This is an old trick that women have used for years. Now, another thing too. Guys, understand one thing when it comes down to ladies. During that time of the month, some of them may be a little cranky. It depends on the woman. Not all of them are in that stereotypical angry woman type of stage or irritable or annoyed. There was one lady that I dated that I honestly couldn't tell whether it was any day in the month. And she told me, oh yeah, well I'm off my period now. How do... It's like, hell, I didn't notice the difference. And she would just go in and come out. But the thing was, we weren't having sex when she would do this. Because we had our busy schedule, so I never really knew this. But what she would always do when I started to notice this, and then she finally told me. She said, well, what I would always do is make sure that we had some event so that during that time of the month, we weren't around each other so that we could make it up after I got off of it. Then I started seeing the pattern. I said, okay, that's pretty cool. I didn't get mad at her. I thought it was pretty ingenious because in that way, it never came up to be an issue. It's just like when they don't put windows in places like casinos or grocery stores. They try to make the entertainment the thing. They have the windows at the front of the grocery store but you're not going to have windows all around lining the grocery store in the back and on the sides. That's for a reason. So I couldn't nail, I couldn't knock her for that concept. Give credit where it's due. Now, I hope that answers your question, sir. But no, I wouldn't think anything negative of it. Okay, my name is Emma Jean. I live in southwestern Michigan. I'm really thinking about doing something different this year. In my family, everybody is white. I mean pasty white. And I have a feeling that I want me some chocolate in my life. I know my family's going to go apeshit when it happens. But it's going to happen. And I'm not talking about the sexual stereotypes that you refer to every once in a while when you talk about white liberals. But what I'm actually talking about is having a decent relationship with a black man, someone that I can love, respect, and enjoy. I'm 38 years old. I've been married twice already, both to white men. Not to knock white men, they're good men. I just had two jackasses as husbands. They did me wrong. I accepted it. But I'm not going to limit myself to just white men. I'm going to try and see whether or not there are other guys out there. And by the way, I'm not some fat, short slob. I'm pretty tall, rather thin, and I hope you like the photo. Just wanted to let you know that not all of us who like black men are stereotypically the fat, frumpy girl that got molested by relatives.
kisses to you. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You know what's best for you. Now, I think, and I just asked this one question. If you're listening, ma'am, are you doing this for shock value with your family? Or is that just like a component, but the thing is you want to focus on the relationship with this guy? Apparently, you've already made up your mind he's going to be a black guy. is now about which black guy, right? Um, you might want to rethink that strategy. You should be thinking about more of what would be the right guy for you, no matter what race he is. But I can kind of see where you're trying to diversify so that you don't have a centric view. And sometimes it's good to do that, to date other people deliberately if you've only dated one race of person. And that way you don't start coming up with that centric view. That's the one thing that I like about the Gen Z generation is because they're doing just that. Because, see, I'm in the Jones generation, and we were coming up with that idea. We were the children of the 60s. But the problem was we were still bound by a lot of traditional shit that's held us up. The Gen Zs got around that. Because the problem was, with us, we didn't have an effective way of actually communicating like you do now. So we could not express those views. And what we did, because the media, believe it or not, I know they say the liberal media and all that, that's bullshit. You look at the companies that own the media companies, the parent companies, they were conservative as hell. People were getting censored for all kind of stuff. So what happened, people like George Carlin, Richard Pryor, those comedians actually were people's voices about some of the cynicism in our society. They expressed some of the cynicism in it. And we sat here, and they were our mouthpieces, along with others. Christopher Hitchens was one of mine. And the thing is, You younger folks don't have it to worry about because you could actually speak your mind. Just turn on your phone and you're there. Try writing an article in a school newspaper. And of course, you can't write what you want. You can't even complete the thought the way you want to. So what happened? What did we have? Journals. That's basically all you had as an outlet. And some people did comedy. But now, being that you have all these outlets, where you can go on blogs, I could do a podcast, we could do these different things, you can get these things out, this information out. So it's much easier and a lot more fluid now to do. So what I would say to you, ma'am, is this. It's good that you're taking advantage of this opportunity in this environment. This is one of the reasons, and I'll just be straight up with you. I try to limit dating anyone over 50 because of their views when it comes to race. Whether they're black, white, Asian, Latin, you name it. Because in that demographic, my demographic, 
they still have an issue with it, more so than the younger generation. The younger generation is going for who they can be happy with. There's no set agenda. You know, they interviewed one of the uh, guys that's over this organization for Generation Z. And one thing that he said that made sense, he said, you know, we need a third party in this country, moderates. Because we think both sides of the fence, they don't get it. He's right. We've been needing this ever since I was a kid. I remember growing up and saying that we needed that kind of representation. Because what was happening, after seeing the way the country was torn apart over civil rights and over every incremental thing that happened that was a racial incident afterwards, there's got to be some kind of neutrality. We have to come to grips that there is more to life than global warming, guns, and the Bible. We have to broaden our perspective. Now, again, ma'am, it's up to you to make the decision on the man you want to be with. I'm just saying, make sure you're fair to yourself and get the best man for you, not to go and just get the man of convenience or the man to prove a political point. Because see, the problem with many many interracial relationships, and I've seen this shit happen a lot, you will have these women out there that will want to get into these relationships to be a political activist. They're not planning on marrying these people. They're not planning on having children with them. And white guys do this all the time with black women, especially in college. They'll go and screw the hell out of those girls, but will not marry them. Leave them by the wayside. Some white women that do this with black men. But as you go down the age scale now, you're finding that these people are more serious about relationships no matter who they are as far as race, creed, nationality, ethnicity. A lot of people don't like making the adjustment, the adaptation as you are older. Hey, you know what? The world has changed. You need to change with it in order to actually evolve in that environment or you become extinct, socially extinct in your own world, in your own bubble. Start talking about shit from the past that nobody even cares about, not even in your own peer group. Lady told me one day that she wished that they had the rotary phone again. I said, what damn, for what? The rotary phone was good for two things. One was slamming it down whenever you got on the call, when somebody pissed you off, and the other was to use it as a doorstop. Outside of that, I'm glad we advanced in technology. I said what you'd like was the fact that it was something that you got accustomed to, and then things changed. 
See, the thing is not to fall in love with technology. Because it's not static. It's dynamic. Ma'am, I wish you the best in your endeavor. But I will tell you, don't put a political agenda or any kind of activism above your happiness. Because all this shit you're out in the street marching for and everything, guess what? When I was a kid, people were still marching. And that was 59 years ago from birth on. They were marching before I was born. They're going to be marching after we're all dead and gone and forgotten 100, 200, 300 years later. Because as long as you have two people on this planet, they're not going to dis- they're not going to agree and there's going to be some sort of split between them that's going to cause them to protest. No matter what it is. We're looking at global warming and uh, criminal injustice now. Who knows what the hell it'll be in 100 years? It may be, oh, well, you know what? We don't like, um, I can see it now. We don't like vanilla-flavored oxygen. And we don't like strawberry-flavored oxygen. Hell, it could be anything. It could be anything at that point. We will probably have hovercraft where you can stand on the little thing and fly around at a low altitude. They've already made those things. The only problem is, is recharging them. And then again, you got to look at the fact that it'd be kind of a hell of a thing if you went and walked five blocks away from a place and then you don't have the battery charged enough in order to fly back home. You just got to walk. Because as we make more technology and develop it, we become lazier, more complacent. This is how people get stuck with a damn 386 SX computer in 2021, thinking they could still get the damn thing on the internet because they had paid $3,000 for that damn computer way back in 1993. This is no joke, folks. I'm serious. There's a guy, he and I used to knock heads years ago because of this. And to this day, he still has that computer and he only uses that computer. And of course, it can't get on the internet. But he thinks that it's because the people don't want him to keep his device. And of course, that's not the case. We have moved on. And he stuck with that one piece. Have people all the time doing this. I can't tell you. When I work in customer care and technical support, people would call in. And they would have some of the oldest equipment in the world, damn near, and want to know why can't I get on the internet? Two thousand seven. Woman wants to know why she can't use her Netscape browser on the internet. I didn't say a word, folks. The thing is, it's not that you have to be the most technologically advanced individual in the world. It's just that incrementally, 
you got to come forward because if you don't, you're going to be left behind. And it makes no sense for you to be left behind when in this day and age, there are so many benefits you have for doing things online. Don't be afraid of the technology. It's not going to come out and grab you and whoop your ass or nothing like that. Don't be embarrassed to know what you don't know. Believe it or not, knowing what you don't know is more knowing more than what most people think they know and know nothing. That's the reason why questions are the best thing to ask. I ask them all the time in a Facebook group. Women get bombarded with questions because the only way you're going to find out things from another person is to ask. And you'll be surprised some of the things they will tell you. And sometimes the way they don't answer is also a way of communicating with you. Something you need to think about, folks. But in any case, folks, I wish you guys the best. And I'm going to go in here. I have this uh, Wendy's triple burger baconator with the pretzel roll and the bacon fries which in other words I'm going to take on a hell of a lot of cholesterol and I'll talk to y'all in a few I just left my ex who was very abusive in every way. Towards the end, especially when I was more resentful and wanting my dignity back, I started lashing out at him more when he was being abusive. He would call me a name and I would just lose it and cuss him out. Then he would call me abusive. Am I abusive? I've never been like that. I've never tried to do anything to hurt anyone like that, but at the end I felt so powerless I would do anything to gain power back. It's a terribly confusing feeling. Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Okay, what he's done is a Jedi mind trick. He triggered you so that you would react that way. And then he comes back and says, you're abusive. Now, the reason why that is done is so that in that way, he feels as though he's manipulated you or you're softened up start feeling guilty you guys go make love have sex call it what you like and that was part of the cycle in your relationship routine the two of you probably need to go to therapy for this because here's the thing he knows what buttons to push to get you to that point and believe it or not some men find it sexy when a woman's upset mad hot and angry Because when they have sex, it's like an extension of that anger. You hear these people talk about, yeah, we should argue so we can have makeup sex. Think about the risk you have to take to do something that's pleasurable. You have to get mad at each other in order to love each other. That's stupid. It makes no damn sense. Because, see, at some point, in an argument, that's the reason why I tell people not to argue as a couple, is because you're going to say something at some point that you cannot take back. And you may reveal something 
that you may not be able to take back. A lady wrote me, and what had happened, she and her husband had a knockdown, drag out argument one day. Years ago, she went out, got pregnant by this guy, didn't know she was pregnant until later on after they had had their affair. Issue didn't come up. Husband assumed that it was his child. All those years, they got into an argument at that particular time she wrote me. And she revealed that their youngest son was not his. And she was trying to figure out a way to repair that situation. Her husband packed up his stuff and left. And she wanted to know how to get him back. Sometimes you get so angry, you start revealing things that you can't take back. That you, sometimes the truth will come out during a heated argument. And when it comes out, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. You've hurt that person. The man who called his wife barren. The woman had endometriosis when he first married her. The doctors told her she could not carry a child. They get into an argument. What does he bring up? That particular Achilles heel. That particular thing that scarred her more than anything in the world because she wanted to give natural trial birth and couldn't do it. He cut her to the core with that. Trying to figure out a way of unringing that bell, and he couldn't. And she eventually divorced him. Folks, let me tell you, the thing you have to remember is this. Arguing in a relationship is a combative thing. It's just like you're arguing with someone in the street. You don't want to go there. You want to have parameters. Certain things that should be off limits for the both of you. Because there are some secrets that if you were to reveal to your partner and your partner were to re reveal to you, it'll make your hair stand on end. I always tell you, best way to resolve an issue two sheets of paper, two pens, write down your interpretation of the problem, swap the papers and see whether or not you're arguing about the same thing first. You'd be surprised sometimes that miscommunication, that thing happens to pop up and you're just like, damn, well you're mad about the freezer, I thought you were mad about the truck I bought. That kind of thing. Then after that, write what your response would be to that without pointing it at the person. Swap papers again. Then the next thing is to write down where you can compromise your first offer on compromise. Swap the papers again. See if they can match you on the second offer for compromise. Swap the papers again. Third offer of compromise. Swap them again. Then you look at, you could agree to whatever that you guys have written down. Swap them again. Sign it. 
both of you sign both sheets of paper, get your refrigerator magnet, put it on the refrigerator. So it will be a reminder of what you guys both agreed to that you are going to do and abide by. And you're doing this without calling each other names. And you shouldn't have that in your argument of nomenclature anyway. That should be out. That should never come into play. You call your wife a bitch. You call her a whore. You call him a bastard, ladies. I want you to think about something. You're hurting each other. Would you allow somebody else to call them that name without you defending them? Hell no. So why should you go and do the same thing? The both of you. See, the problem here is that they're trying to self-medicate their relationship. They need a therapist to come in there and really break it down so that they can really understand what this is about. This is more about manipulation than anything else. And it seems like it's more on his part because he knows the buttons to push. Women do it all the time with men. And sometimes you get into an argument and ladies, you make this big mistake, two mistakes you make. One, if the man leaves, he's trying to go and decompress and cool off. Let him go. Don't follow him. Don't poke your index finger in his back or in his chest. Let him go. Because if you don't, he may forget he's married to you or that you're his girlfriend. It's not worth it. Same thing, fellas. Same thing. Especially if she's headed to the kitchen and close to the knives. I'm just telling. You guys can sit down like two civil adults. Think about this. Your relationship didn't start with an argument, right? When you first started. So why the hell would you go there now? Because it seems like the most turbulent time of your relationship was getting to know each other in the beginning. Not after you've known each other for a while. True enough, you're going to find out things that you didn't know before. But you know what? You know the person a little bit better than you knew them before. So you guys can actually communicate with each other. And be considerate in your communication. A lot of people leave it at all. You just need good communications and relationship. That's bullshit. You also need consideration in it. I always tell you, a person can communicate effectively, whether it's bi-directional or unidirectional, but if they're not considerate of their audience, the person that they're talking to, what is being accomplished? Nothing. Ma'am, you and your husband need to go to therapy and figure this out. You can work it out if you guys want to salvage the relationship But if you want to throw it in the trash, keep doing what you're doing. Just head it there now.
June 8, 2021 I don't know what the hell happened to me this week. I buried my husband and I could not believe how my children acted. They argued over who was going to get what. It really hurt me when my oldest daughter said she should be in a nursing home soon referring to me. I've just turned 59 this year and they were talking about disposing of me as if I didn't exist. My son thought it was a very rude thing for my daughter to say. There was a secret that I'm sure my daughter was not expecting me to reveal. I really wanted to tell her, but my son and younger daughter were present. Dawson, my oldest daughter was given to me at birth by my deceased sister. I have always swore to never reveal that. She made me so angry that day it damn near came out. I'm afraid to tell my son and younger daughter because I am sure they will let her know. My youngest son who agreed with my oldest daughter is the offspring of an extramarital affair my deceased husband had with my best friend. It has been chaos since he passed away. I haven't had time to grieve because of their bickering. I know all of them will have a fit when they find out that I am thinking about dating a man 27 years old. My youngest child is 23 and my oldest just turned 37. I have been thinking seriously about telling the truth to my son and daughter that are biologically mine and letting the others too find out and deal with it their own way. I'm distraught, disappointed, and confused. Any ideas? Please. Juanita, Miami, Florida. Juanita, Juanita, where do we start? All right, look, uh, first of all, let me start with my condolences uh, for the loss of your spouse. You have a lot of things going on. Let's unpack this. First of all, let's deal with uh, the situation with the way the older daughter came across. There is an air of resentment from her for some reason against you. Don't know what it is, but I'm sure that there has been probably some turbulence in your relationship, to put it mildly. Being that she's the oldest, she may be resentful of you for having three more kids, or well, two more kids because the, well, three really, if you think about it. Um, hmm. It's kind of interesting how this thing is playing out here. Look, you have so many things going on. First of all, let's start with the oldest daughter. I have a feeling that there's a sense of displacement because you got her from birth from your sister and she probably doesn't know as you said that you're not her biological mother at least that's what you think you don't know if she knows this already or not you just don't know but you're under the assumption that she doesn't but see you got to remember when the daughter was handed off to you when that child was handed off to you, there's a good possibility DNA was in its infancy compared to where it is now. So, one, two, three, and me, she probably could find out. Don't know if she's checked it out yet. So that's could be the card that she's holding. Now, another one could be the fact that she's upset with your your children because she wanted to be the only one. Now, I take it that the youngest child from your husband's extramarital affair came into the picture, and that was probably the straw that broke the camel's back. 
I think this young lady knows more than you think she knows. That's just my take on it. I just got that feeling that that's the case. Now, your other two biological kids are supportive of you. They defended you. And there is something, I don't know what it is internally in your family that has to do with your older daughter feeling that kind of way. Whatever it is. Don't know. You'd probably have to go to therapy to figure that out. And I would recommend highly that you all go because this is a mess. Now, next thing. You have suffered through an extramarital affair, taking on someone else's responsibility, being your sisters, for whatever reason. This has put you in a place where you haven't had time for you. You've only had time for those kids and your husband. And now you're trying to carve out a place in the world for yourself with this younger man. Now, in some ways, I'm thinking that you're probably doing uh, this with this younger man to finally have some control in your life. Because before, and like I said, I don't know you from a can of porter sausage in Arkansas. I don't know you from anything. So there's a good possibility that there's a some way of resentment that you weren't in control of your life at some point. Whether it was with the husband, whether it was rearing the kids where you didn't have control of your time, but now you have control of things. And so therefore, you're putting things in your wheelhouse, such as that young man that you're going to have a serious problem with with your kids when they find out and when you introduce them because of the age gap. But not only that, the fact that these kids are closer to his age with your daughter being older than he is, there's going to be a problem. And there's going to be a serious problem with her. Now, what it comes down to is your daughter's looking at the material gain from this. She's waiting to get paid, is what it is. Now, and apparently the younger son is also. Here's what you need to do. And I'm only telling you this from my perspective only. You need to take your family into counseling. Seriously. Uh, things are broken. I don't think most of them can be fixed. I think that by going through and examining what has happened, you have a better idea of what the hell's going on, and at least you'll get a chance to become familiar with why your oldest is so angry. Now, as far as this 25-year-old young man, you got other obstacles to deal with besides your family. You still got to deal with the complications of the property and all of this, and you know now that you have children that are talking about putting you in a nursing home. That's not a good thing. As far as especially, you're only 59, I'm 59, so no, nursing home's out. They can, they can scratch that. Another thing, too, when it comes down to this young man, the two of you need to go to counseling separately so that he will fully understand the breadth of what he's dealing with. And what you're trying to do in that situation is to set the expectations that he does not have to replace the role of your husband. He can't. 
and you need to convey that to him because what he's going to try to do is probably come in and try to measure up by the same token he doesn't have barking orders where he can tell the kids what to do either he's your lover not their dad you got to make that abundantly clear to to him about that you're not losing your mind but what you've done you've taken on everybody else's responsibilities including your own and you're at a point where you're overwhelmed and you feel underappreciated that's where you are and maybe you need a break from them after you guys go and do this therapy thing where you can really look at what you're doing in your life and you got to ask yourself because you're still grieving and you want to know whether or not also is this relationship with this young man a coping tool did you start dating him if your husband was in decline health wise or did you start up right after you passed away the reason why i say this is because this may be your way of acting out your way of grieving you might want to check that because you could very well wake up one day and say you know what you're too young for me what are you doing in my house you just want to make sure it's not a situational thing that's what i'm getting at June 7th, 2021. I am relocating to Las Vegas and I need the 411 on things there. I googled a lot, but would like more info from someone there. Can you help? I am supposed to rent a room from a widow I met on Roomster. She is 62 and at first she was skeptical about me. She is willing to take a chance on me. By the way, how far is Henderson, Nevada from the Strip and UNLV? I already have a job transfer in that area with my company. What is dating like? How about the COL? I agreed to pay her $900 per month for a room in her four-bedroom house. Is that a good deal? Al, Hollywood, California. Okay, Al. I looked at the job description that you gave me, which I'm not going to say on air as you requested. But here's the thing. Don't lose your job if you come to Vegas. I guarantee you nobody in town is going to pay you the kind of money you make. Secondly, more so than anything. A lot of people come here from California to save money. You save money on certain things, other things are really expensive. You're going to pay more for automobile insurance here in Vegas than you would have in Los Angeles, first of all. Reason being there are more accidents here. Got more people from different parts of the world. and everybody has their own standard. Secondly, you might notice when you get here they don't have stripes in the streets. They have the sobriety knobs in the middle of the street. So there are no lines. So it's not uncommon for people to drift out of their lane. Just going to tell you that. They have some roads here that have not been completed in certain newer areas in the community. 
if someone tells you they live in a certain area, they may live in a gated community in that area, and it may be a hassle to get in and out. You're going to be dealing with homeowners associations. They're like all over the place here in Vegas. What you're paying for your room at $900 a month, it better be in a gated community, in a very nice area. Anything less than that for $900 a month for a room, you're wasting your money. The rooms here average from $350 a month up to $1,200 a month. I saw one as high as $1,400. It varies, and I'm talking a room inside someone's house. I'm not talking about an apartment. Apartments are very expensive here, and you're at the mercy of the leasing company with that. You don't have a lot of consumer protection laws here in Nevada like you do in California. If you purchase a car here, 30 days, whatever you need done, get it done in 30 days of purchase. Because if you don't, you stuck with it. So you don't have a lemon law here. Some of these cars, and, and don't think that just because you go to a dealership that you're getting a new car. Some of those cars are salvage title vehicles from other states. They bring them in, paint them, put rims on them, tint the windows, sell the car at the highest dollar value, and they'll pull the Carfax for Nevada, but not the one for the original origin of the vehicle. So make sure they do that if you have to purchase a vehicle. Henderson is a pretty good ways away from the strip. Now, I will tell you the areas around the strip depends on where you are, because the way Vegas is set up, it's set up with enclaves of communities. You have Winchester, you have uh, 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 Sumner, for instance, Providence. You have Grass Valley. You have different areas, and each of them have their own style. Just like you have many cities inside of one big city, but you know it's all in the same group. Vegas is very spread out, so you got to make sure your car is working.、Uh, if you don't know how to work on your vehicle, I would advise you to learn quickly. Now, if you buy one of these warranties for your vehicle, and the reason why I'm stressing vehicles because that's the lifeblood in Vegas. If you don't have a car, it's very difficult to date here. Extremely difficult. People would not even talk to you. Period. Make sure if you get a warranty that it covers everything. Now, here's the sad thing about it: you could go to AutoZone and get an alternator for a car, and they run you about maybe a hundred bucks or so. That same alternator under that warranty will probably cost six hundred dollars. Now you're not going to fill it because you're going to be constantly paying this warranty. Throughout the cycle of the life of the car, what I'm trying to tell you in code is, the car you have in California is better than the one you'd buy here in Nevada. And another thing I would tell you, if you have to get another one, go to California and get it. And that way, if you have to go back to California, you don't have to worry about measuring up the smog because the the requirements for smog here is a lot lower than it is in California.、Uh, another thing. Cost of living,、uh, 
you'll you'll find some benefits. Gas is about a dollar cheaper a gallon here. As far as singles, dating, good luck. You'll be approached by a lot of married women who are relocating from other states, who may be waiting for their husbands to get here. Meanwhile, they want to mingle, mingle and fool around. Don't be surprised. You have a large uh, polyamorous uh, community. A lot of bisexuals here. I mean, it's a mix of every kind of sexual persuasion you could think of. So you run to get it. One thing about Vegas, uh, you got to get to know people before they trust you. It's like a big time city with small town value. Even though it's called Sin City, trust and believe, it's not as sinful as you think. There are a lot of、uh, rules and regulations here. For instance, in Clark County, where Vegas is, prostitution is illegal. Brothels are legal, but you can go over to the next county, which is Pahrump, the city of Pahrump over that area. They have brothels if you're in that kind of persuasion.、Uh, also, downtown is about the oldest part of Vegas. You go down the Strip. You probably wouldn't recognize.、It. I don't know if you've been here lately, but the strip is built more like the casinos are damn near connected to each other, and it looks like one giant shopping mall. So you don't know, especially if you're over by Planet Hollywood, you don't know whether you're in one hotel or the other. Sometimes the only way you can tell is by the outfits of the hostesses. So it's not like Vegas used to be. The old Vegas is kind of like dying. Downtown is about go to Benians. Or somewhere down there. That's about the only place, really, where you kind of see things still the same way they used to be.、Uh, let's see, places, venues, old school by the pool. They may start that back up, you know, because of COVID. Vegas was shut shut down, and、uh, you know, hotels they're hiring like crazy now. So things are opening up. Things are starting to get back in the mix. You may want to look around because Henderson—that's kind of far away—and、uh, also you got to watch who you rent from. You've never met this lady before, I'm assuming, so you don't know. She could be a widow, as she said, but she could want to fuck your brains out. I'm just telling you. Sometimes it works that way, so she wouldn't mind having a young man in there. You thinking, oh well, you know, I have to help her around. Let me tell you something. A lot of these old women out here who are retired, they have been slinging more dick than you can think of. Slinging it over the shoulder, just like a fire hose. So I'm just saying, just be mindful of that. Just 'cause they say they're retired, don't mean that they won't fuck you. <laughs> I'm just telling. Oh,、uh, you'll run across every type of situation. That a woman could be in out here. Met a 27-year-old woman that had five kids. Not uncommon. Another thing that's not uncommon out here is for a woman to say that having a baby is easy, getting married is complicated. 
heard that argument before. So it varies. And you have to kind of pick your poison, choose your choices. And when you come out here, you know, I give you some other uh, pointers on things. Maybe we can have lunch or have a beer, who knows? So, in this way, this will give you an idea of what's going on. Best of luck to you, man. But I will tell you, you're going to miss a lot of shit from California. One is going to be the beach. And I will tell you this much. Last year, it got to 131 degrees in Death Valley. We're about 70 miles away. Just keep that in mind. I just found out that my BF has been keeping an explicit video of his ex and has been watching it months into dating me. I'm incredibly hurt and he claims that it's whatever, and doesn't think it's a big deal. Is keeping explicit content of your exes and watching them while in another relationship okay? Would you break it off? explain something to you many of you have a battery operated boyfriend and you don't throw that away when you get married or get into a relationship you keep it just in case there are hard times well men on the other hand may have a porn collection or they may have pictures of naked women now those of you who know me throughout the years knew that I drew because I draw a lot in life drawings with Conte Crayon and White Gesso. I do a lot of uh, nudes and that kind of thing. I used to do those back in the day when I had my vision in a better situation, depth of field, that kind of thing. However, there are some guys that actually hang on to souvenirs. They have nude photo collections of exes, that kind of thing. And here's the thing, ladies. If you're threatened by an image, whether it's video or whether it's a picture, what does that say about your self-esteem? If you are the one he's sleeping with every night, if you're the one he is coming to every night, what that means is that there's an air of insecurity about you. It could be the physical aspect. And let me tell you something too. A lot of you are under the impression that because a guy is looking at porn that he's going to try something crazy with you. A lot of times, guys look at porn just like they look at it in the comedy act. I'll give you an example. You have these guys that go on these scenes and they're lasting for like an hour and a half, right? We know that's not true. Many of the porn stars that are on TikTok will tell you that. They'll say, no, it took us two days to shoot that scene. 
But you're thinking, oh, he did that within an hour. Yeah, right. A lot of times you'll see the foam inside the woman coming out. And you're thinking that it's semen or sperm. Where in actuality, it's pina colada mix. They use that a lot. So, don't think for a moment that what you see on those porn a lot of time is actually real. A lot of it's been staged, a lot of it has been pre-planned, and in some cases they even have different people to do different scenes. So they don't look at it from that perspective like they want that girl. If they wanted that girl, guess what they would be doing? Going out trying to get that girl. They're with you. Now here's the thing, if you have body issues or have an aversion to sex, because I've run across this too while dating, and they already don't think they're that good. Some of you ladies are like that. And you become intimidated by any other woman, period. Whether she's a friend, whether she's on TV. I had a friend of mine, and this is no joke, We were watching a football game one night, one evening, and they had a female commentator on there. First thing out of his girlfriend's mouth was, oh, you want her, huh? He's like, she's on ESPN giving the sports. Oh, I know that's the kind of woman you like. That inferiority complex, when it gets to that point, this is when guys will start thinking about cheating on you. You're convincing him that that's the kind of woman he wants. And basically you're saying, well, I must not be that woman. So guess what that does? That girl that he was trying to pursue before he met you, that he wanted to sleep with, that Ferrari he wanted to sleep with instead of being with this Honda Accord that he's married to or dating, guess what he's going to do? He's going to go and try to rent that Honda Accord or I mean that Ferrari or try to test drive it because guess what you've done your insecurity has kicked up an angry beast and that angry beast is lust now here's the thing if he does do something like that it's not because he's fallen in love with that woman it's because he's trying to fulfill that desire Now, this is no excuse for him by no stretch, but I'm telling you, a lot of you ladies who accuse your man of doing something when he hasn't done it and push him to that level, some of you are hoping that that's the case. Some of you are even cheating while you're doing it, hoping that he falls into that chasm so that in that way that qualifies what you're doing. I tell you, the first thing you need to look at when someone accuses you of cheating is to first look at them. Look at their pattern of behavior. Has anything changed? Because usually when they start becoming very self-righteous, something is wrong, especially if you're not doing anything. Something is wrong. And it's not on your end. And they're going to try to point that finger as much as they can because they want to deflect like hell from them. Both men and women do this. Now, let's go on here with this particular situation. Now, it's disrespectful that 
he's doing this with an ex that he's actually looking at this and he has his new girlfriend there but he's still looking at this ex and I can understand the sentiments in this case because this is someone he was with so this is a threat it's not a situation where it's some random woman that happened to take a Greyhound bus out to Hollywood and wanted to become famous and realized she couldn't and decided to go to San Fernando Valley and start making porn. This is somebody that he actually had a relationship with. And the interesting thing is the woman he's with dared not do something like that woman did with him. And so being that that is the marginal line in their relationship he says well you know you won't do it I'll just watch this but here's the thing she tolerated in the beginning he interpreted her toleration as acceptance and he continues to do it tells her it's no big deal now what she's probably intimidated by and what most women who deal with men who deal with porn are intimidated by is that that's the kind of woman he wants and he wants to have sex with a woman like that he wants to do those things to her I tell you the healthiest relationship you could possibly have if you're dealing with porn whether you're a man or a woman find someone who would watch it with you find someone who will be in will be okay with that in your relationship starting out however in this case exception to the rule he's being disrespectful why are you still hanging around you need to go if his girl was back with him he'd be doing everything with her that they did before I wouldn't even be surprised if you're the rebound chick. STD, something to do. Don't hang around. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Because see, if he had respect for you, he wouldn't even have that. Or at least have it where you know about it, would see it. He'd probably put on Google Photos and put it in archives. I'm just saying. There's a good possibility that's what he would do with that. If he respected you. At least he would do that. But I don't think so. So what he's trying to do is debate you for competition. And what would you probably try to do to keep the relationship You're going to step up and have him videotape you guys having sex. With the condition probably that he does away with his copy of the video of his ex. That'll be a good way of trying to bait you into something that you really don't want to be a part of. So, being that this was not probably part of the relationship at the beginning of it, he's crossed the line why you there I'm telling you go don't waste your time anymore
everyone, Jocelyn here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I'm going to talk about something that we have to really discuss. Many of you are now upset, and you've written me, when it pertains to many of the people you have met online, and now since COVID restrictions are lifting, you're actually going out and meeting these people, and a lot of you feel as though you have wasted your time with this individual. You finally met for the first time, and you're starting to realize, ah, shit, what am I doing? Now, there were several of you that wrote in that did pretty well, like Marcia here. She writes, Johnson, thank you so much for the advice you've given us this last past year. Even though you didn't contact us directly, we listened to your message, and guess what? The guy I met online, we met on Match, we are now together and talking about getting married. Things have really worked out between us, and I'm so glad you talked about certain things that I needed to go and prepare myself for prior to getting involved in the relationship. I thank you once again so much, and Brian thanks you too. Maybe one of these days when we come to Vegas, we could all celebrate and have a drink. Success story. She did very well for herself. And there are plenty of others that were not so pleasant. The interesting thing is, a lot of these people just went and they thought that they could do the same old thing over and over. One lady got stood up for two and a half hours. When the date showed up, the date showed up with another woman. And this other woman was a quote-unquote friend. The guy apparently thought it was okay. And it was another woman, this woman, this woman they showed up with, was on the same dating site as the woman that wrote me that was waiting for him to show up for the date and he was two hours late with another woman. She actually stayed there an hour after waiting for him, which meant that in essence, she spent three hours, wasted three hours of her time with this guy. Things went nowhere. They wound up just being friends. Now, here's the interesting thing. The reason why, and the, I tried to get the lady on the air, she didn't want to come on because she was too embarrassed and she called herself a fool. And I wouldn't say that. She was a divorcee. She hadn't been dating for a long time. And so she didn't know how game was played out there when it came down to the internet. And what had basically happened, she met this guy online. And they chit-chatted for about a year. I think she met him last May. And they've been chit-chatting on and off, but never met. When she finally set this date up with him, and she had to set the date up because he was kind of nebulous, kind of hard to find. Because she needs some concrete answers, of course. He shows up with this other woman. And what she wanted to know was, 
why would a man show up with a date for a date? There's only one fundamental reason. He valued that woman more than he valued you. You were just something that he was going to do because you had to set up the date yourself. See what happened. He was dealing with you as something to do at the time. He found somebody that was more or less game for what he had planned. He had no intentions of being with you permanently, long term, or whatever. You were somebody that he thought he could fall back on, but now he feels a little bit more confident with this other woman. So therefore, he doesn't mind jeopardizing his situation with you. And what he did was he flattened out your relationship with him as friendship, so that just in case it doesn't work out with this other woman, he may feel as though he has not burned any bridges with you, and he could always monkey branch back. Now, one thing he's going to always do now, since you set this date up, ma'am, is that. He's gonna always say you wanted the relationship over me. You're the one that set the date up. Now, here's the thing I will tell you, and ma'am, if you're listening, and I invited you on the show, so whenever you get the invite, feel like opening it up, let me know. We can hook you up. But here's the thing. I would be embarrassed too if I were you, because you went way too far for so little. He showed up with this other woman. I guarantee he told this other woman that you were a friend, just like he probably prepped her to meet you by saying that thing where he could say that she's a friend in front of you and not be offended. Women do this all the time. It's called social flattening, where you would tell someone, introduce them as a friend, even though you might have a love interest, they may have a love interest in you, and by doing that, it doesn't expose you to that vulnerability of trying to be accountable. That's all it is. But see, what we try to do, like this guy, want a cake and eat it too. And sometimes what we do, we go too far. And when we do that, we try to find our way back, and sometimes we can't. And unfortunately, and like I wrote her in the response, I said there's a good possibility that I'm willing to bet that more than likely. You are going to wind up accepting this guy back, even if he gets rejected by this other woman. But one thing that he wasn't going to do, he wasn't going to pass up that opportunity with her. There's a good possibility that that was the only night that she had free, and he wasn't going to lose out on that for you. So what he decides to do is incorporate you into the date.
I'm wondering how that conversation transpired as far as what you guys talked about. You didn't elaborate on that. And so I'm waiting for your response on the question I asked you on that when I wrote you. I would love to hear that response. I would love to know what that conversation was like. Because I can only imagine it was awkward as hell. It had to be. It had to be. And I'm sure the one thing he probably started doing was after he got you two talking to each other, he remained quiet. Because he knew damn well if the two of you probably turned on him, oh, he'd have some accountability questions to ask for. He'd have something to answer. He didn't want to do that. See, the one thing about people who are irresponsible they have to shift the responsibility to someone else. They have to shift the accountability to someone else. So that means that someone has to be derelict and negligent. And that also means that someone has to be inept. And they don't want to be that person. It's like playing tag. We see it in the corporate world all the time. How about that manager that doesn't know anything that got promoted and at this point, he's still learning certain things about management. And instead of him coming out and asking the employees to kind of help him out in a sense by educating him, what he chooses to do instead, go into his office and if his team is underperforming, pick out somebody he doesn't like, and that person's a scapegoat. That's the way it does. That's the way it's done. Now, another thing, people have been complaining also about individuals ghosting. That's a big thing, especially since this whole coronavirus is over with, because what has happened is this. This is the first time in US history and global history that we have been so dependent on technology in order to be the lifeline for us. Think about it. The vaccine, technology, medical technology, right? Grubhub through that technology of the internet. Thank goodness for DARPA. DARPA wouldn't have came up with this at the de with the Defense Department using it before it was public. We would have never had the internet. We have to look at these things now, folks. We are more dependent on technology than ever. And what's at the root of all this technology? It's a thing called electricity. We ever lose that, all these gadgets we have are worthless. Kind of interesting. So, no matter what, we'll still depend on, dependent on something. That is very simple. Now, there are other things we have to look at too. 
those of you that have gotten into these relationships now and you're trying to figure out how you're going to navigate going forward. Some of you have lost a lot of assets, a lot of money, homes, cars. Some of you are behind on rent still because they haven't paid. Others of you haven't got the unemployment situation straightened out. Others of you have now gotten to a point where you don't even know whether you want to stay in the United States anymore or not. Because you're right in telling me about these things. Now, let me tell you something about that particular notion to many of you Americans. If you're talking about this or going to do it, one thing I would strongly suggest, research the place you're going first. If they speak another language, learn that language fluently or at least the basic grammatical form of that language. Yelling at people in another country, telling them to speak English, is not going to do a damn thing because you're an American here and you can talk that pride shit here. When you're on their turf, not so much. I'm just telling. Because there have been some people that have written in talking about how they're tired of this, they're tired of liberals, they're tired of conservatives, they're tired of Trump, they're tired of this. Okay. I get it. You want to go into a tropical island somewhere, some sandbar in the Caribbean somewhere, and have a nice time. Go for it. But just remember, don't get pissed off at the people if they don't speak like you do. They don't look like you do. I'm just saying. Now, lastly, those of you started the relationship and now you're starting to know cracks in the veneer. You're noticing these things. Look at what you had a chance to do throughout these last 18 months. Podcast been up since November. When I talk about those four questions, are you confident with the responses from your partner with those four questions? Who are you? What's your purpose? Strengths and weaknesses. What are your intentions? The one question that will probably hang up everybody would be, what are your intentions for the future? And how do they include you in the relationship? Some people are probably not there yet because they don't know what the hell's going to happen going forward. There's no magic key because every relationship is different. You guys may be stuck on different things. You got to decide. What's interesting is that some of the situations people are faced with now. One family, they had a huge medical bill because several relatives had to go to the hospital for COVID during the height of the epidemic. They all survived. However, the problem was some had insurance, some didn't. And this particular guy has been charged with a certain amount of 
responsibility in a family, by the family, to come up with a certain amount of money in order to help offset the cost, because his income is proportionally more than the rest of the family members. He went on to say in his correspondence that he made more than most of his siblings combined. He had a pretty good amount of siblings too. He had four. But here's the problem: his wife does not think that he should have to lift one finger and pay one dime, because he did so during the crisis, taking care of people in the family, relatives losing their apartments and behind on the rent. He would go and still make the payments for them. Still made the car payments on them. All these things, and the problem is, as he sees it, is that he's kind of done enough. But they think that since you make more money, you can do more. And there were other family members that didn't lift a finger or do anything throughout the whole process, who had. Pretty good resources, like he did. And his wife is constantly reminding him of this. And he wrote me with this guilt because it was his family. And I told him, I just want you to think about all of the things that they have done for you. In the good column, and I want you to think of all the things you've done for them. Which one outweighs the other? This gentleman wrote me back the next day, and he said, "You know, I've done far more for them than they will ever do for me." And I said, "Well, that's your answer." I said, but you know this undue burden that people sometimes experience with their relatives when it comes down to a family member being ill or dying. It can be a disruptor. I never understood the concept of these guys going out buying new cars and getting these fancy everything, addresses, you know, all of this stuff. They don't even have something as basic as life insurance. When they pass away, they have to go to GoFundMe. Makes no sense. But the priorities are messed up. You know the. Problem that I think we have with this whole capitalist system and how it relates to us as individuals when it comes to relationships, this thing of ownership. It's like you pay a cover charge for something, and you can use it at will until it wears out or until you don't need it anymore. But when we think about things, and no matter what we have or what we create or what we build, at some point the earth is going to take it back. 
in some kind of way, form, or fashion. It's going to go back, whether we hear or not. So, I look at it from the standpoint that we're here temporarily anyway. So, does it really matter how we're going to accumulate all this shit? It's going to be gone after we're gone anyway. And true enough, it's okay to be comfortable while you're alive. But it's just interesting, I find it, that we treat people according to what they mean to us as far as our best interests. When it comes down to material things a lot of times. Some get, people get treated like they're first class. Others get treated like their own coach. It depends. Or in a moment, folks. of Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie Poodles and a Rat Terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.